Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You wanna know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am your host, Joe Oltman. Sorry about that. I almost got you a little bit of double-double on that. And um, we have a pretty packed uh, conversation to have today. We're going to be talking about, and I think the important part about this is that there's, um, (laughs) there's an election bill that went through an integrity bill that was crushed at the last minute despite the 2,000 mules evidence in Georgia. And this just shows you, by the way, I want you to, I want to be really clear. It is not the Democrats that have control of Georgia. It's the Republicans. And what they're doing is they're propping up more misinformation, disinformation, and not getting to the root of stealing elections. Well, behind the scene, they say that they're working on it. They're working on it. We saw what happened in Colorado, much to what they have done in Georgia as well. We have Garland Favorito that's joining us to discuss the hearing that took place yesterday regarding the counterfeit ballots and the betrayal of election integrity efforts by Governor Brian Kemp and Lieutenant Governor Duncan. And it I have to tell you, let's just welcome to the show and let's just walk through it. This is Georgia, by the way. And until we fix, I just want to be clear, until we fix 2020, there can be no free and fair elections and no ability for us to trust the system that is so non-transparent and rife with corruption and fraud. Garland, welcome to the show. Joe, thanks for having me back. Great to be on. It is great to have you on. You're, you're, you're in the middle of the denial state. I mean, I thought it, maybe it was yeah. over in Egypt or, or, or Sudan, right? You know, denial, the, the Nile River, denial. Okay, that was, that was a joke. It was my attempt. It didn't work very well. Well, uh, we have been bringing the Republicans along in the House and the Senate. We got that election integrity bill that you talked about to unseal the ballots. And right. we, explained, we explained to them the reason this was so important, which you already know, is if you have the ballots unsealed, you can verify the electronic results and you can detect counterfeit ballots. Right. So that's why we believe that every state uh, ballot should be public record. And we also found out that we went on, on your show last time, we went through the fact that the images were manipulated in Fulton County prior to the certification. So even though we got ballot images public record, we uh, still uh, needed to see the ballots because of the electronic uh, altering. So right. uh, to your point, we got this bill all the way through. All the Republicans were uh, in agreement with it. We got down to the last vote uh, on the last day, and the president of the Senate is carrying the bill. He has uh, priority uh, for, for everything in the Senate. And the lieutenant governor, when he went to, to actually uh, bring it to the final vote, which would take all of one minute, the lieutenant governor called him out of order. And uh, he attempted to override the, the uh, lieutenant governor's ruling and didn't have enough votes to override it. But uh, the governor, as we found out, uh, we're convinced that the lieutenant governor was acting on behalf of Governor Brian Kemp, who just didn't want that bill passed. Uh, and that's pretty, pretty disgusting. But that's the sad state of affairs in, in Georgia in regards to the legislation. How, how is this not pushing people to the brink? I mean, this is treason. This is a treasonous act by the lieutenant governor to stand in the way of providing transparency and access to the election records, which the people should have access to. Am, am I wrong I, in I, saying that? 
I, no, no, you're totally right. And on top of that, you already mentioned this, but the lieutenant governor is a is a Republican, and all of the Republicans, literally all of them, unanimously wanted this bill to pass, but yet he blocked it um, after uh, being told to block it by Governor Kemp's staff. We had been working with Governor Kemp's staff all day, saying this bill is coming uh, in the morning, afternoon, and evening. All we want is a vote on it. We don't want, we, you know, just just give us a vote. That's all you need to do, uh, because we knew it would pass uh, unanimously with Republican unanimous support uh, support there, and um, he he just didn't do it. And what what is the split in the in the House and the Senate? What is the split for Republicans versus Democrats in the state of Georgia? Uh, it, it's it's heavily Republican. The um, the Senate is thirty four to twenty two. So that's 50% extra plus one, 34 to 22. And in the House, it's about a 30-seat margin, 20 to 30-seat margin. I think it's a, a 100 to 70 or something like that. So uh, clear, easy majorities. You don't have to worry about easy one. Easy majority and, can, and bypass the veto process, correct? Uh, they could uh, in, in some cases, yes, yes, if if necessary, but it, it doesn't really get to that. Okay. So, um, so, so, so let me, let me, I mean, I'm going to back this up so people can understand the complexity behind this because where we are right now, where is that bill? Is that bill dead? Is that bill going to be revived? That bill is dead. This was the end of the two year session. So that bill is totally dead. It'll have to be brought back in a new life in the next session. Um, and uh, that keeps, secret elections running in the state of Georgia. Okay. Um, so what's the recourse? Well, the recourse we is to uh, do it uh, in a litig from through the legal aspect, litigation. And that's what we've been doing. Uh, as you know, we had the, the hearing uh, we've, for 10 months to simply unseal the ballot so that we can look at the ballots in Fulton County. Uh, ridiculously, the Fulton County is still arguing against that. We had an appeal hearing this uh, uh, week, day before yesterday. I, actually, it was yesterday. I think my, all my days are running together. But uh, we uh, made our arguments. The three judge court of appeals uh, seemed to understand our arguments. They had read our briefs. They asked good questions. So we're pretty encouraged because we have a rock solid argument. I mean, basically, right. if, if, if a voter doesn't have standing to challenge election fraud, we might as well just pack it up and go home. You know, it, it's over. This is the communist states of America. Uh, but in reality, the state law, we argued that, first of all, the judge in the lower court made a, uh, a wholly inappropriate decision because we do have standing according to state law. And according to the United States Supreme Court precedents for a hundred years, you know, of we the Supreme Court has explicitly said that a voter has uh, standing to challenge a ballot stuffing. They have the right to challenge a, a ballot stuffing case, which is exactly what this is. Fulton County, all the evidence shows is stuffed the ballot uh, on 2020. They stuffed the ballot box. So, so we've got the right to to go and and the the um, State law is even less restrictive. They basically always err on the side of more, uh, more scrutiny of, of voting rights. Okay, so, so let's, let's, um, let's back up here a minute. You wrote an article, or excuse me, a letter to R Lieutenant Governor Duncan on April 5th. Is that correct? I, I did. I think I was a little bit upset. <laughs> You're a little upset. I'm going to read this in entirety, and uh, and it's it's a long one, so everyone's going to have to listen to it. But before I do that, I'm going to uh, get rid of one of not get rid of. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to talk about one of our sponsors really quick, if you don't mind. Um, so this uh, show is brought to you by IP Vantage. Tired of feeling someone's always watching you on the internet? Maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you or concerned about your privacy of your identity. Using IP in Cognito mode doesn't always work. Um, so IP Vantage VPN is here to protect your privacy and help you stay anonymous online. Um, so this is how it works. You can use it on your tablets, computers, phones, even fire sticks when you're streaming media. When you use it, all of your data is encrypted. That'll, that'll basically keep all your, your details private, including passwords, communications, browsing history, and more. And it'll be completely shielded from falling into anyone's hands. 
even your physical location will be hidden. Um, so it's, pr it's pretty simple to use. Now, I will, I will tell you that it, it, that IP vanish does have some limitations when it's on your phone and you go to use certain applications. So if you have any applications that are failing, you need to go and turn it off, turn it back on. I just want you to know that because I've, I've gotten to know this, this app. I really kind of like it actually. Uh, so IP vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. If you use IPvanish.com slash daily, it's important to use slash daily and use promo code daily, you can save 70% off. So go to IPvanish.com slash daily and save 70% as a conservative daily listener. Okay. So I got to read this letter because this letter is fire and this preceded yesterday. Yes, that was back at the what we call the Sunny Die. That was which was uh, around the first of April, first week in April. Okay, so so let's so let's read this, Mr. Producer. Let's put it up for the audio version. I'm going to read it. Um, I'm going to read it. I, I want to read it in your voice. Be like, "Dear Lieutenant Governor Duncan," <laughs> but I'm going to read it in my voice. Um, <laughs> many of us were in the gallery when you gave your farewell speech, and last night on Sunny Die, we stressed your belief in policy over politics. You were there to see the vote on SB 89, the election integrity bill that was awaiting confirmation on the House changes. The bill that was carried by the Senate Pres pro temp, pro tempore was supported by the Republican Senate majority, the Republican House majority, the Speaker of the House, the Governor's Senate floor leader, and 20,000 elected integrity supporters. Dozens more who streamed into your office on signed die requested a vote on the bill. What you witnessed in those last three hours of signed die was your politics over policy, exactly opposite of what you claim to believe. You used a variety of tactics to prevent a vote on SB 89, which contained critical election integrity and transparency policy measures your party leaders worked hard to craft, such as unsealing ballots. Your actions prevent Georgians from being able to verify election voting results and detect counterfeit ballots in future elections. During the past year, our organization has published overwhelming evidence of fraud, errors, and irregularities in the 2020 election. We have shown meticulous, irrefutable, factual details on roughly a dozen different irregularities that involve more votes than the margin of victory in the presidential race and the margin of runoff in one U.S. Senate race. During the last two months, we, did, we even hand-delivered much of the evidence directly to your office and attempted to meet with your legal counsel, which became obvious that you don't read your email. Despite all of our efforts and a stream of additional evidence that continues to be produced from other sources, you still deny the reality of the massive election irregularities we have proven. But the House and Senate members of your own party know the truth. The senators were prepared to vote nearly unanimously on SB 89, just as your House members did. Instead, you let your vitriol hatred of former President Donald Trump drive you into a politics over policy decision that prevents Georgians from ensuring we can have an honest 2022 elections. Former President Trump simply wanted the truth that was uncovered by the Senate uh, Judiciary Subcommittee in December of 2020 to be exposed. We have proven that your own subcommittee, which collected massive evidence of election irregularities, was correct in its report in the 2020 election. Your actions on signed out were concerted effort to cover up the truth and forever brand you as the ultimate hypocrite who puts politics over policy. Your subversion, first subversive actions on signed out can best be understood by how you were selected for office, not elected. You won the 2020 Republican primary as a mostly unknown after millions of dollars of out-of-state dark money was spent on your behalf to disparage the odds-on favorite David Schaefer with mostly false attack ads. Then you won the general election with the help of the largest unexplained undervote in election voting history, costing your opponent, Sarah Riggs Amico, 20,000 votes or more. Affidavits indicated the most likely explanation for that undervote was the voting system randomly non-displayed the lieutenant governor's race in heavily minority precincts. The system was cleverly programmed to always display the race correctly from a summary screen. It is obvious that Governor Kemp pre-approved your signed die actions. Given your friendship with him, we explained the staff would be much credit, would get much credit for election integrity improvements with the passage of SB 89, but now he will bear the brunt of complaints of your blocking a bill that Republicans unanimously wanted for their constituents. And I will say this, it says sincerely, I sign things when I even have a fiery letter that says warm regards, even though the only warm regards is the fire that I'm lighting underneath them. Um, Garland Favorito, and it's garlandf at voterga.org. This is a muzzle to go. It was. It's still, wow. it's still smoking, huh? Why, why did they late, wait till the last minute to vote yesterday? 
Why didn't they vote the day before? Give themselves the opportunity to vote the following day. Well, they do things down there really underhandedly. They don't run. You know, that bill should have, it was actually uh, put up. That piece of it, unsealing the ballots, was actually put up by another sponsor in another bill. And then they ended up bringing it over into that bill. They knew that we wanted it. Um, they then stripped the bill and then redid it and put another bill on the floor on Sine Die and ran that thing all the way through. So it's just a bizarre way that they have uh, to operate. And, and that's not the way a legislature is supposed to work. It's supposed to work the way you and I and the, and the people think they're going to work you. So, so do you know what we call Mr. Lieutenant Governor uh, Duncan? No. You see this guy? You see this guy? Number one bullshit guy. Play it. We're going to play it for you, Garland. You get to see this. So this is what we say about Lieutenant Governor um, uh, uh, Duncan. Oh, you see this guy? See this guy? Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo because he have to go in front of the traffic. Look what I do. 22 and he do wee woo wee woo. Okay, so that's what we think of him. <laughs> so, sorry, we had we have to add a little bit of humor to it because that you got to have some humor, or you'd go, you'd go crazy. Who loses in this, Garland? The people, Who loses? the people of the state of Georgia, and it doesn't matter what party you're in. The both both Democrats and Republicans lose because you know we all want. Uh, election transparency, even nonpartisan people like me, you know, we just want to know what that the results were legitimate and what the results were. That's a reasonable thing for any American to uh, want. And it's a reasonable thing for anyone in the state legislature anywhere to deliver to the people. Right. <sighs> okay, so where do we, where, you know, you're, you're filing a lawsuit that's being done. But what what else is the what else is the can the people do because obviously the people are adversely affected i mean is there uh, uh, this is serious this is actually very very serious because yes. it it attacks the fundamental just the fundamental trust factor the, the 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 belief system of the average everyday voter the integrity of the voter in georgia yeah so there's several things that we can do joe uh, first of all the lieutenant governor is not running for re-election, which is probably why he, he fell on his sword there. Uh, but the the um, governor is, and he's got quite a few good candidates lined up against him. That's uh, so, and we have a primary coming up this month, and we're going to vote. Um, hopefully, we'll have a, a chance to clean house in the Republican primary, which, as you said, the issue in Georgia isn't the Democrats, it's the Republican establishment. So basically, uh, the governor, the uh, Secretary of State Ravensburger, and the Attorney General Carr, who's been the lapdog and the attack dog for Ravensburger, they're all up for re-election, and they all have to win the primary this month uh, in order to continue in their in their post, so we uh, the first thing that we can do is to get out and get some new folks in there who actually care about election integrity. Okay, uh, so so let's let they don't want to publicly talk about election integrity. They don't. Like, Kemp doesn't want to talk about it, right? And but Candace Taylor right. does. And uh, yes, there was some does. there was a Freudian slip, I think. If we go to cut B one of the Georgia governor saying fraud is in every election. Let's go ahead and play this very short clip. I've always said there's fraud in every election. And when I was Secretary what? of State... <laughs> I just I, I just said the choir part out loud. Wee woo, wee woo. Don't play it again. But I mean, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Purdue, if that shocked Purdue, if you could sit, tell him saying, what? <laughs> Uh, in the background there, when that was in the uh, first debate that they had. Um, and uh, Brian Kemp has been under constant attack in the debates. And also, whenever he goes out to a GOP function, he's being eaten alive by his own people. And, and I think he's gotten frustrated and mad, walked out of several GOP functions because they are at attacking him on election integrity as soon as he the questions and answers uh, open up so he's, he's going to have a hard time 
so, so what, what, do we, what do we do? What do we do from here? What, what, what do we do from the standpoint? I mean, this was a, this was something that was going to set up other states. I mean, there are other states who are paying attention to what was happening in Georgia. And exactly. You go through the court system. It would have, you're absolutely right, Joe. It would have been a landmark decision. We felt like we got a landmark decision last year when they made ballot images public record. Very few states have ballot images public record. We then, uh, apparently, the folks who were running Fulham County elections didn't know that that was going to happen, and they got exposed because we proved with those images that the Fulton County uh, results were manipulated prior to certification. So now you uh, make the ballots public record. That would have been another landmark decision. Georgia could have been a basically a you know a guidepost or a milestone for the other states' legislative processes. So we were uh, pushing really hard for that. We worked on it all year. We thought we had it. It was extremely uh, bitter and disappointing. You know, we had built up all of our relationships with the legislators. They agreed with us. Uh, it was just, it was a matter of a done deal. And both these guys, Joe, were elected, uh, as I, I mentioned about Duncan, but even Brian Kemp was uh, elected, and I use the term loosely, on a very, very suspicious election where he overthrew an incumbent dating all the way back to 2002 when he first became a state senator. So there is the election machines and so on are are basically very uh, suspicious in regards to both of their uh, the elections of both the lieutenant governor and the, and the governor. Okay, so we know the machines are trash. We, we actually know how they stole the election. We have enough evidence to prove it. Much of the evidence you have in those, those 12 different irregularities points directly to the insides of the machines. And you have a, if you go back a couple years prior to the election in 2020, there was a lawsuit filed in 2019 that, that the judge even admitted that there was issues in the machines and they should not and could not have been certified. There's even a report that says the vulnerabilities within the system by Haldeman, by Dr. Haldeman, that says that the machines should not be used in any election. Exactly. And even the judge in that case, Curly B. Raffensperger, U.S. District Court, basically said the same thing. She said that the, the machines are in violation of two Georgia statutes. So she made that ruling uh, just three weeks before they, they conducted the election. So the, so the election was conducted on a system that violated Georgia statutes. And she would have made the relief by now, but the state appealed it. And it's, it's been sitting in the appeals court. They just had a hearing on this last month. So, so what, um, <laughs> I, I need to ask this question because I, I still want to go back to yesterday. Sure. Can you get, is it possible to get a special session? Could Kemp call a special session? Is it possible? Sure. It uh, Kemp could call a special session right now. He could have called it a long time ago. He, there, there were 30 legislators who signed on and said they wanted a special session. Um, they, uh, he has that authority. He has continually claimed that he does not have the authority to, uh, to uh, investigate this. And so we put together all of his claims in a video, and then we put the Constitution underneath of it, and it says that the governor has the responsibility to ensure that the laws of the state are upheld. That's, that's his primary responsibility, Article 5, Section 2, Paragraph 2. He got called out on that on the debate, and, uh, but he, continue, he has continually said this over and over. He doesn't have the authority, and he's, he's basically he's lying. Okay, for those of you people that are just joining us on uh, Frank Speech Live uh, TV, I, I, want, I want you to know that what we're talking about is yesterday, Lieutenant Governor Duncan stopped, and, and let me just tell you, everyone was in favor of this election integrity bill that was put between the House and the Senate. It was ready to be voted on and approved. And he basically denied the ability on the last day of session of that bill being able to be voted on the floor. Uh, I think calling it a point of order. Called a right, point of order. right. He called, he called the Senate president out of order yeah. for making the motion to pass the bill. Now, had he not done that, the bill would have passed in one minute and it had been it had, been, it had it into law. Uh, but yes, he did that. 
Um, and uh, that then, so the bill was never brought to the floor because the president tried to override his decision, but didn't have enough votes to do that. Didn't have enough votes to override the lieutenant governor's decision. Yeah, he was trying to override the lieutenant governor's decision and call for a vote, but that that uh, the override fell a few votes short. So was that was that orchestrated as well? You know, Joe, it's hard to say. It make, makes you wonder if, if the whole thing wasn't planned out to look good. You know, it, it was almost like a show. You were watching a little uh, uh, documentary drama right before your eyes. So, it, you know, it's hard to say. It, it could have been. You, you know, I th my, my issue, I, I want to play a video if I can for you. Um, the 2022 debate for governor and there's a four-second, four-minute uh, video of Candace Taylor, who I know he, he needs he needs a minute. He's he's yelling at me. He needs a minute. I wasn't going to push you up against any sort of deadline there, Mr. Producer. But but you have you have a bunch of people running for governor right now. Yes, and, and it's primary season, and we know that the polls in Georgia had had purposely kept Candace Taylor out of the polls. So they were going to try and prevent her from being on the stage. And did you get a chance to watch the debate by chance? Oh, I absolutely did. Uh, they, tell tell all us what you think. Yeah. All, all, um, first of all, Candace has, no one has worked harder for election integrity. No candidate in any race running in Georgia, uh, no candidate has worked harder than Candace Taylor. Uh, they all ganged up on camp, and it was a, a, a beautiful sight to see. They were all hitting him for the same issue, his failure to ensure that Georgia had a legitimate uh, 2020 election. And they just, from one angle or another, each of them, uh, Candace Taylor, Catherine Davis was phenomenal. Uh, she's very real. And also uh, Tom Williams, I think, was, was good, as well as David Perdue. Um, so they all were beating him up on the same issue. And he, he was having a tough, tough day there. Well, he was ha he was having a tough day, but Candace Taylor did not have a tough day. And when no. and, and when I watched the debate, you know, you talk about hasn't worked any harder. I don't think I've seen someone running on the political stage that has worked as 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 hard a study to make sure she was well well informed, went back to her constituents, did all the things that someone that is serving her community should do to make sure she understands what the problems are in every part of Georgia. Are we good, Mr. Producer? Yes. And every, every state, Joe. She's been to every state. And, 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 and in doing that, knows what the heartbeat is, and they purposely kept her out of polls, tried to eliminate her from the debate uh, platform, almost yeah. tried to get her taken off of the ballot, yeah, and they they started out by claiming that she only had two or three percent of the vote, and not enough to get in the vote in the debate. But they finally admitted that she had about ten percent, and which was enough to get her into the debate because she has traveled around the entire state. But then they uh, said, "Well, you have to have ten percent in seven polls, or an aggregate of a whole pile of polls." Well, we didn't. You know, I don't even think there's been seven polls for on the governor's race in Georgia. Uh, so they uh, knocked her out that way, um, and but but she finally got her chance on Sunday, and it was quite a, a, a sight to behold. Well, I want to play this video because this will this send chills down my down my spine. Let's play this. It's a four minute video. I want to play it, and then I'll get your your, your thoughts on it. Okay. Taylor, you tweeted on April the 23rd that, and I quote, there will be a runoff, period, and I'm going to be in it. What makes you so certain that you can get into a runoff in this race? Am I really polling that low? I mean, really? My inner polling didn't show that. The people of Georgia don't think I'm polling that low. And it's funny I haven't been in a debate yet. Thank the Lord I'm here today. I'm thankful for the Atlanta Press Club who stood up for the people and let them have a voice. I am one of the people. I'm an educator, and I've been fighting for abused kids for 19 years. And I'm sick and tired of what's been going on in our state. Enough is enough. Our election was hijacked. Our children were masked. This governor failed us in Georgia. The people know it. I know it. I'm running. I'm here. 
He's going to have a woman running against him because of his failure. Those we elect are to work for us, not against us. The Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, is the worst evil on earth. Our governor met with two consulates four times before Dominion was signed. Chinese-made solar panel farms that do not work are being pushed on our farmers. This is the communist, liberal, leftist agenda of the Green New Deal. Ms. Davis, your question, please. I'm Taylor. I'm Taylor. I'm sorry. Thank you, Taylor. Ms. Dr. Taylor. All these examples prove you're not working for us. Governor Kemp, we the people want to know what's stopping you from severing ties for Georgia, renouncing the CCP, and putting Georgia first. So what was your question again? They have a school system and teachers that are not trying to indoctrinate our children and making sure that we strengthen all parts of our state. I just want to say that the school system has been neglected, and we not only have CRT and SEL and comprehensive sex education teaching transgender perversion to our children, we also have anti-white racism that has not been addressed by the current administration. It's taken over our schools, and it's ruining ruining the students, and it's ruining the environment. Dr. Taylor, how would you have handled the pandemic? Can I speak just one second uh, no, before she gets? No, we're, we're going to move, move on. Hindsight is twenty twenty. So, for being fair, I'm not going to say that he did everything wrong. What I am going to say is the school shouldn't have been shut for the length of time that they were, and we should have unmasked children very quickly. We still have schools wearing masks to this day. We have kids with speech problems that are worse and worse, and kids that should already be progressed on that aren't because of the failure of this administration. Twenty twenty, totally. 100% Donald Trump won. He won. We have a fraudulent pedophile in the White House because Governor Kent failed. He can say he didn't have the right to call a special session. The Constitution's clear. He not only had a right, he had an obligation. It's clear in the Constitution. He chose not to do it. And why? Maybe it's because he wouldn't renounce the CCP a while ago. I don't know. I'm not him. But I'm telling you, the people of Georgia have had enough. That is why I'm on this stage, and that is why I'm going to win, because the people have had enough. Stacey Abrams will never win Georgia in a fair legal vote. Let's hope we have one. Maybe they're scared. Maybe they know they'll go to jail. But I will say this, and I've said it in many meetings. I'm asked this question almost every single week. I will support whoever the Republican nominee is. I'll even knock doors for them. I knock doors for myself, which the two good old boys don't, twin rhinos over here. But I'll knock for them if one of them wins, but they'll never win. Candace Taylor will win, and I'll be the first female governor of Georgia. Each candidate will now have 60 seconds for a closing statement. I hope you all been paying attention to the amount of time that's been spent on the establishment's choice and the fake media's choice on this stage. Back and forth with rebuttals when the other three didn't get any. I hope you've been paying attention. I am your candidate because I'm one of you, and I'm going to fight for you every single day in that governor's mansion. I don't need a record in politics to get it done. In fact, that's the problem. We've got a bunch of failures on the stage that didn't get it done with failing voting records in the Senate and failed our whole economy and our children during the pandemic. So I'm going to tell you right now, when you go vote on May 24th, do not vote early. You vote for the person who's going to represent your values. And I'm going to put the Constitution first, and I'm going to put Jesus first every single time. And we're going to fix our schools. We're going to get rid of this anti-white racism and oppression of our children of color. We're going to get rid of the transgender manipulation, and we're going to ensure that boys aren't in our girls' bathrooms, and girls aren't in our boys' bathrooms, and people aren't being raped. And we're going to get rid of kindergarten teachers, men with beards and lipstick and high heels teaching our children. We're going to get back to being moral in Georgia. We're going to put morality over money. I'm Candace Taylor. I'm the one you've been waiting for. Woo! That's a fire right there! Yeah! We got to play a little bit of that. Sorry. Uh, well, you asked me to comment on that, but I can't add anything to that. There's nothing that I can say. That she didn't already cover. I I had to hit the I had to hit the mute button there a few times. He uh, was smacking the table. I, I was. It was the funniest thing because you you saw Kemp going. He just did not know what to say at all. Yeah, uh, it was like that for most of the debate. He's been like that for uh, the other two debates as well, even when Purdue was there, but particularly with this one because uh, he was getting it from four sides. So, but in particular, Candace Taylor. Of course, call them out. She's like only Candace Taylor can. Well, and the the thing that I found interesting is how she commanded the stage. She commanded the stage and she was unapologetic about it. She stood stood up and I think stood for the courage that many people, not just in Georgia, but across the nation are looking for. They're looking for politicians that, and, and I say politicians, they're looking for servant leadership. People that are willing to step out there and not take the, I call it the CCP dollars and make decisions that support 
very, you know, they say it's complicated. They always say politics is complicated. It's really not. It, politics is not complicated. It's right or wrong. It's black or white. There is no gray area. Gray area is that, well, they're going to give us $5 million for this, so we have to do this. Now, if this is good for the people, we can still do it. But if it's not good for the people, you, you take the $5 million and you burn it. Yeah. I think she's got that combination of truth and courage that you're talking about that, that very few people have, and she can articulate it so well. So, so we have another clip that um, I want to play, and this is uh, um, this particular clip is uh, Kemp specifically, and it talks about the the amount of fraud, and I, I thought I thought it was pretty interesting, but let's play this and I'll get your thoughts on this. This, this goes into the 2000 mules and some of the information that was uncovered. Let's play um, cut A1. So Governor Kemp, there has not been any evidence then or to date that has led you to believe that you should act. It's the state of Georgia. Yeah. Yes. So you're not allowed to turn in more than one right. unless correct. it's for a close relative. That's correct. And he's trying to figure out how to even get him into the box because he has so many, he can't fit him in the little, the little slot. So then he starts having to put them in one by one. Everybody's sitting there waiting on him. One. Now, this is illegal. It's yep, illegal. Right. Highly illegal to do this. Everyone right. passed that, that first one was illegal. No glass. Put them in. Okay, that's at least 10. Absolutely. So it's illegal to do this, Yes. right? Now, this is the same location where someone else also pulled up with the White Ford Explorer. Same day? This or? is one box on one day. Your mule? That's our that's mule. Her. So this is a mule. Mm -hmm. In front of everyone. Okay. Look, everybody's sitting there watching, like, what? So this What's is happening? right now as she opens it up. Oh, can't figure out how to open up because they won't fit. Right. Felony at what point? After the first right there. one. Now it's a felony. So this is a felon. Three felons at one Dropbox, everybody. <laughs> I want you to think about that. One after the other. In the broad daylight. Because that is a record that will beat Stacey Abrams in November. Not looking in the rearview mirror. Um, I need to do a, an ad read for one of our partners. Sorry. I'm going to do this really quick. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Crowd Health, um, basically health insurance, right? Health insurance is really expensive, costs the average family nearly $1,700 a month. 250,000 people with health insurance went bankrupt last year to me due to medical costs. Um, and there's nothing stopping insurance companies and hospitals from continuing to raise prices, but also continuing to stop you from actually getting things approved. Um, one in six claims is denied by healthcare plans. No wonder why so many people are choosing to take their chances without health insurance. CrowdHealth is putting the community back in community health care, giving its members access to high quality care for up to 60% less in the process. So you pay one monthly fee to fund your account to get access to CrowdHealth community less than $200 a month for most people. 100% of your monthly costs contribute to funds that reduce the health care costs of the community. You pay the first $500 of a health event and the rest goes to the CrowdHealth community members for funding. And unlike insurance, you're not limited by doctors, networks who are looking for care. So uh, unlike insurance, CrowdHealth succeeds by keeping its members happy, not by driving up prices. And you help members shop for great care at great prices, uh, making payments to doctors and members as quickly as possible and negotiating with the community's behalf when unexpected bills arise. It's the reverse of the vicious incentives that the healthcare system um, got into or, or put them in this, in this place to begin with. Um, so don't let healthcare costs stand between you and your future. Join CrowdHealth today. Right now, you can get your first six months for just $99 a month. That's almost 50% off your normal pricing and a lot less for high-deductible health care plans. Just go to joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code FREEDOM and sign up. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code FREEDOM. And this is a disclaimer. Uh, CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply. I, I'll give, I'll give well, you the floor. The governor and the secretary of state has really put in place everything that Stacey Abrams needs to become governor. Um, every, uh, every, every organization that Raffensperger has gotten to uh, help elections in Georgia is a Democrat Party operative organization. Uh, you know, you, of course, you, you know the story best of all about um, Dominion and Eric Coomer's uh, uh, saying that he's going to uh, deliver the, the yeah. election results for for uh, Donald Trump. But you know, it's not only that, the, he used uh, voting works for the audit. They are, uh, Ben Adidas was, a, a, he's also a, a, an, an operative. They, they, he outsourced the voting registration database to uh, Salesforce and who uh, is also a Democrat party operative, World Economic Forum, uh, Mark Benioff sits on there. 
Um, there's probably, uh, there's about a half a dozen things. He, he did, uh, as Eric with uh, Becker, uh, and there's another one that he used. Um, but every every David Becker, every every time he's needed to buy something or do something, he's gone to a Democrat Party operative. Even even Runbeck, who, pr who produces the ballots, um, the president there is another uh, operative. So he literally has sold out the state of Georgia so that Stacey Abrams can become governor. Kemp let him do it. And now Kemp is saying that you need to elect him to prevent Stacey Abrams from coming to governor. I'm sorry, I just don't buy that. It's exactly the opposite. So, 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 so you know, we, we, we see this obvious interference. We see this obvious, obvious obstructions, obstructionist behavior by people in positions of power and authority that are supposed to represent the interest of the Georgians call them Georgians. Um, what, what, what are you doing now to say, okay, now we have to, we have to figure out a way. Are, are you concerned about 2022? And if 2022 is stolen, you know, what's the next step? Are you wargaming this as a, as a group? Are you working with other groups? That's a lot of questions. Well, yeah. So first of all, we have a, a, a couple of coalitions we're working with. Um, there, we have a, quite a few groups whose intent is to have a uh, a sincere, honest, and transparent, verifiable 2022 election. The problem is when Kemp makes, makes sure that the ballots are never unsealed, that makes it a lot more difficult because that throws us into a legal situation where we would have to sue to see ballots when there is evidence of election fraud and corruption. A difficult situation to be in there. Um, but we're going to do everything we can to make sure that there is uh, a legitimate election in Georgia, and we're going to be watching everything that we can watch and uh, double checking everything that we can double check. Okay, so in in twenty twenty two, who's your who's your favorite now to win for the for governor? Well, obviously, uh, Candace Taylor speaks uh, is the probably the grassroots people's choice. I mean, she has a dedicated base of folks. Uh, Catherine Davis was incredibly real. Um, uh, love, love her as well, uh, but she got in late and she's not as organized or as well traveled as Candace has. Um, Tom Williams has not been really a factor and that leaves David Perdue who's been polling pretty well. Um, and to Perdue's credit, he did get the ballots uh, preserved in Fulton County indefinitely through his lawsuit. So he's now got some skin in the game. He's trying as well. Um, he's he's uh, only about 10 points down uh, in, uh, with Kemp, uh, if you believe the polls. But the most important thing is Kemp cannot get to 50% to, to avoid runoff. And that is going to make uh, make it extremely difficult on him because whoever whoever's in the runoff with him is going to have a lot of ammunition. Okay, so he doesn't get to the fifty percent, and let's say that it's. I mean, I'm, there, there's uh, there's there's quite a bit going on right now. I'm trying to find while I'm talking to you, trying to find the the latest poll um, for uh, the Georgia um, primary. Well, yeah. don't look at the AJC because those are fake polls. <laughs> you have to okay. find it somewhere. <laughs> but there but, are, I think there are some real polls out there. Well, and, and as I start looking for this, it, it says Candace Taylor has, this is as of the 14th of April, before that, Candace Taylor was at 10%. Um, there is a poll out there that shows Candace Taylor at 29% and David Perdue at 31%. But that puts Kemp at a little under 40%. So definitely a runoff. What are the rules for runoffs in in uh in georgia specific to the, candidates top two the, the top two vote getters will go at it um and uh the election will be held on on june the 21st so there'll be some immediate early voting i don't know exactly how long um but that will um by the end of june we'll know who will be the republican nominee for the for the, the gubernatorial uh position so in Colorado and other states, we've organized putting cameras, uh, personal cameras and things like that, 
uh, at um, mailing stations, at, at polling stations. Um, are you guys doing any of that on ballot drop-off boxes? Are you, are you looking at ways that you can fortify um, people that were mewling um, ballots and stopping that well, or just having a, 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 some sort of system where you could get access to uh, those videos sooner than a, uh, a records request? Well, the good news is that the drop boxes um, have been banned in Georgia outdoors. You can't have outdoor job, drop boxes anymore. So that's a good step in the right direction. So typically you can have one, uh, you, I think you're required to have one box uh, per county. Okay. But a lot of them have boxes indoors at precincts. The problem with that is that the precinct managers are not trained to uh and to challenge and they're not required to challenge a ballot harvester coming into the precinct so they can a ballot harvester can simply go in the precinct drop all the ballots off they want so what we hoped to, to do was to get a rule in place to prevent them from doing that however the duncan's appointee to the board who's now the interim chair has not called the meeting uh, in uh, in months, in a month. So instead of getting these emergency rules in place to ensure the election integrity uh, will be upheld, instead, uh, Duncan's appointee, appointee is, is basically uh, doing the opposite, which is simply doing nothing. Okay. What, what, what happens if they steal another election in 2022? Uh, Joe, I don't know. It's just too, it's too early to predict what's going to happen. But I mean, we, we have a, a lot of on the ground forces here organized in the state of Georgia, thanks to a coalition that's sponsored by the uh, Conservative Partnership Institute. And uh, we have, you know, this is Cleta Mitchell's group. And they, um, we are ready to go with anything that goes wrong. Uh, we, and what, what we'll do, I don't know. It just simply depends on what we find. Okay, so uh, I know I don't have you for the full hour. I'm going to give you a couple minutes to, to wrap up, but I want to I, I want to ask you about uh, you know the, the sentiment on the ground, the, the constituents in Georgia. If, if the, and, and this, this is a loaded question. I realize it's a loaded question. And the reason why I'm asking you this question is because people often ask me this question. Joe, how much further ahead are we thinking? Are we wargaming and are we creating strategy around how to defeat election fraudsters, given that the machines themselves were designed to defraud the American voter, to steal the voice of the American people? How far ahead do you think you have to get of this? And at what point, at what point do the, do the people, do, do you think the people just lose confidence to the point where it becomes uh, a train that's off the rails and, and takes on, and I say this, takes on a, a, a head of its own? Yeah, well, Joe, we've been trying to get ahead. We got ahead with the making ballot images public records. So that was a step in the right direction. We tried to get ahead by making ballots public records, and we almost had that. So now we are in what we're doing is we'll be gearing up for with legal teams and so on to try to help candidates who believe they've got cheated. And if the evidence shows that they got cheated, we're prepared to jump in and try to advise them. Sometimes they don't take our advice. Sometimes they do. Um, but we'll, we'll be prepared as best we can be uh, for, for what may or may not happen. Well, of course, we'll have more time to prepare uh, for November, but right now the urgency is May because, as you said at the top of the show, the issue is not the Democrats; the issue is the establishment of the Republican Party. Right. Well, I'll give you the last the last word, but I do want to thank you for all of the tireless work you've put into this um, and making sure that you can secure the vote of at least the the people of Georgia. Um, my hat's off to you, and um, you have all my admiration and respect for just the, the courage and the, the uh, conviction that you've had up to this point. Well, thank you, Joe. Likewise to you, because you've been through a lot, too, and you've got a lot of courage and conviction as well. So I really appreciate it, admire you, and respect you for all you've been through. And I know you've still got more to, more to come and more to go on that. 
But uh, yeah, if anybody wants to get involved with us, it's voterga.org. We have all of the information up there, legal briefs, events, and uh, the things that you were reading from tonight. Thank you so much for putting it up there, Mr. Producer. And um, uh, this tells a story right there that you were talking about today. But yeah, and then we do, we are a 501c3, so we do uh, uh, have tax deductible donations. And I do not take a salary. Um, I, I, I'm retired, so all the money goes to you know, investigations and, and legal fees. Well, I got to tell you, thanks for all the work that you do. God bless you. It's tireless at times, and it's also a thankless job. But um, I do think that the American people will remember it uh, fondly, and, and uh, you'll go down as history as one of the main fighters of making sure you protect the voice of the American people. So God bless you. Um, thank you, Joe. We got a bunch of people behind us, too. All right. Take care. Garland Favorito, he's he's amazing. And if you if you missed the early part of this, um, Garland, there was a bill that was put between the House and the Senate. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Duncan came in and basically called the Senate president out of order and made it impossible for him to vote on a bill that was 100% going to pass, interfering with the will of the people and the people that were supposed to vote on it, using maneuvering on the last day of the session in order to stop the people of Georgia from having transparency in their elections. I, I often say that it's, it's not, and, and I do say it's not the Democrats that we worry about, because many of the Democrats, and Mr. Producer, if you could find this on uh, Elon Musk's uh, Twitter, Elon Musk put up a, a, a meme, and that meme shows you know, where he is center and people on the right and uh, people on his liberal friends. And then it goes through progression of uh, the, the radical leftists and him moving further over to center. And then it shows the, them running towards the far left, the radical left. And then he, all of a sudden, he wakes up and he looks around and he goes, ha, I guess I'm a conservative, I'm on the right, <laughs> right? Um, let's go ahead and put it up if we can. So that for those of you saying in year 2008, he puts up my fellow liberal and it has him as a for the audio version on the left and his fellow liberal and him just to the right of him and then right of center and then the conservative on the right. And in 2012, my fellow liberals and is sprinting towards the left him. He gets closer to the center, kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Conservative on the right. And then uh, the woke progressives on in 2021 has a woke progressive calling Elon Musk a bigot. And he is right of center and then a conservative on the right. And the conservative is kind of laughing, going, LOL. I guess, you know, Musk has been red-pilled himself. I don't, I, I want to say something about Elon Musk that somebody said, well, Elon Musk is a bad guy or Elon Musk, uh, you know, maybe he has progressive views or what's he really going to do with Twitter? And they question, they question his motives. Like, what, why is he really buying Twitter? And they even get to the fact that $8.8 .8 billion of the money raised came from people like Larry Ellison. And, of, you know, what is he going to do with Twitter? Well, I have to ask you, by the way, I'm never going to leave truth social. When, when we were in our darkest day, President Trump did not back down. He didn't come out and say, the election wasn't stolen. You're right. He didn't do that at all. What he did is he stood up and said, <laughs> they stole the election. And he was in the highest position within the country, so he would know that the election was stolen. He has access to that information. So does the intelligence community. But President Trump was, was promptly kicked off of Twitter. And so when he was kicked off of Twitter, how much worse could it really get? Well, it got much worse. And over time, in December of, excuse me, late November of 2020, I was kicked off of Twitter. I know that that's not really a, a great indicator, but I was one of the first. I got, I got kicked off before it was cool to get kicked off, right? It and was pretty early. It was, I, got, I, was one of the, I was one of the first. They were trying to figure out how to kick off people, and I was it. And then President Trump was kicked off. And then as of this morning, Mr. Producer, I don't know if you have that from this morning, but as of this morning, 2,000 Mules, a movie that documents, listen, they documented the truth about the election in 2020 and the people that were stuffing ballots into, and they used technology in order to do it. And what do you think Twitter did? Twitter took down their deal and suspended their account on Twitter. 
That is what you call free expression and hiding the truth. That's, that's not disinformation. Uh, unlike what they're saying out there about, you know, having the disinformation uh, czar, the group that literally tells you what truth is. They're literally suppressing the truth, something that's taken nearly two years to put together. Um, okay, so we, we have how many minutes left, Mr. Produ Mr. Producer? We got two minutes left. So we're going to, th that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Um, I got to tell you, th there's a lot more we're going to go, go through tomorrow. I want to tell you when we start talking about election integrity and what they're doing with Twitter and what's happening across the board um, with the left and the right, I am not afraid of liberals. Liberals tell you what they stand for. And, and I, we don't agree. There's a lot of things we don't agree on. But I have many, many liberal friends where I can have a constructive conversation. The radical left is what I'm worried about, and the liars that represent and call themselves conservatives, those are the others that I worry about. Because they are the ones that are stopping what happened in Georgia, stopping what's happening in Arizona, in Texas, and in other states. So if you want to find us live, you can go to conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Clout, Hub, and Frank Speech. If you hit the, the rumble button on your way out, if you're on Frank Speech, we would appreciate you supporting Mike Lindell. If you go to uh, Frank Speech, or excuse me, go to uh, MyPillow, you can save up to 66% by using CD21. If you want to listen to us, by the way, on uh, the audio version, you go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Give it, go over and give us a five-star review and share this with someone that needs to hear it. Um, if you need a, a reminder when we go live, you can text the word FREEDOM to 89517. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on uh, Truth Social at Joe Oltman and at Conservative Daily. You can also find us at on Telegram at uh, t.me slash Conservative Daily or t.me slash Joe Oltman. And we're also, our replays are on Brighton now. Oh, they're on Brighton. Good. You can find us pretty much everywhere. They also have syndication, open syndication. I've never stopped it, so we're in like 200 different places. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. God bless you all. I can't leave without a, a, a prayer. So no, let's do it. If you're on Frank's speech, you're, you're not going to hear a prayer. We, do, we end this with a prayer, but um, I, I'm, we're going to say a prayer right now. Um, Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have to share the message and to get guests on here that can provide truth to other people in our community. Father God, we're, we are so thankful to be able to live in this great country. We are thankful we have the opportunity we have to, to teach our kids and to give them access to opportunity in our country. And we're, we're thankful for the ability to save this nation. We're thankful, for, we're thankful for Jesus dying on a cross so we could have eternal life. We're thankful for the sacrifice that came before us and the blood that was spilled so that we could have the freedom that we have in our country. Father, please go with us today as we, as we go about our business and we, we fellowship with our friends and family as we finish our work or go to work, that we may do so safely and do so in ways that honor you. Father, please bless those that maybe are on the wrong side of, of history, the wrong side of, of goodness. Please help them that they could have a miraculous change in heart. Please help them that they can see truth. Please help them that they can get rid of the things that weigh down their heart. And please heal the wounds that they have that don't allow them to see who they truly were meant to be by you, Father. Father, please bless our children that they may see truth through the lies that are told to them in places that would take away their opportunity for future. Please bless those families in the United States and across the world that are in need and help them that they may be provided for. Father, please bless this group and the, the producers and, and uh, our guests that come on that, that they may be able to withstand all the attacks that they've, they've given and they may maintain a positiveness to who they are and to stay grounded. Please help us not to become the very thing that we're fighting against, Father, and that we can reject the things in, our, in us that cause anger or frustration or to lash out. Father, I say all of these things and thank you again just for the immense opportunities we have. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. 
I gotta tell you, I'm I'm gonna go. Where, where am I going today? I, I gotta go. I gotta go talk to a friend and uh, and uh, you gotta do a video. I gotta do a video. I do have to do a video, don't I? All right. Hey, God bless you all. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, 12 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless you all. <laughs>